listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey. Hey, everybody. I hope you're having a great week. I know I am. Um, I've been looking so forward to shooting these podcasts because I meet such amazing, interesting people. And today, I'm tapping into the world of Gosh, comics, filmmaking, and and just the unique creativity to start your own company. I'm so excited to speak to Roy Akupe, who is on the line with me now. What's up, Roy? Hey, how you doing? It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Me too. Thanks so much for joining me, Roy. So, yo, you have a crazy career journey already. You're an award-winning filmmaker. You're an author. You're a speaker. You're an entrepreneur. You have passion for comics and animation which led you to founding Unique Studios in 2012. And by the way, you had, I mean, this led you to a diverse library of superheroes. And the way that you went about it too, getting the funding to start your own company is incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've produced and directed several animated productions. You've written the award-winning and critically acclaimed Malika, the Warrior Queen animated short, all of this craziness, and it all really started off of this Kickstarter, didn't it? Yes, it did. Um, First of all, um, I want to thank you for that great intro. Um, You know, I want to tell everyone that I didn't have to slip you a $20 bill for that, um, but (laughs) (laughs) that was was a really great one. You could still, though. (laughs) I'll give you my cash app. (laughs) But uh, on a more serious note, yeah, um, it really all started with um, just that one Kickstarter, and I like to say that I didn't really know, go into it, that it was going to be that way. But, you know, most great things, you have your plan and everything just falls to crap. And then you just have to figure out yourself, especially when you're talking about being an entrepreneur or starting a business or starting, honestly, anything worthwhile. Um, but for me, I sort of stumbled onto Kickstarter, actually, because in 2014, actually, let me go back a little bit. 2012, I was really trying to start um, with an animated series, um, but I don't know if you know a lot about animation. It's very expensive. Yes, um, I know, you know that much. To, yeah, to get into. So um, I did an animated pilot um, uh, for one of my first characters, EXO, The Legend of Wally Williams, and, and that's sort of like a superhero sci-fi story that takes place in a futuristic Lagos, Nigeria, which is where I was born and raised. And um, I sent it to this producer in Hollywood, and he loved it. But one thing that he told me was that... Um, do you, would you mind changing the race of the main character? Um, and to me, that was just, that was just, again, this is 2012. Uh, this is before Black Panther came out and, and the explosion of these type of stories. Um, so I just felt like he didn't know what to do with it. Um, and, and back then, um, I like to say, I, I went home that night, actually, and I cried like a man, of course. Um, <laughs> but um, what does I a man w- cry sound like? <laughs> you is don't it, want to, it... you don't want me to do that <laughs> on your podcast, like you know. I'm trying to is respect it a heavy you. weeping. <laughs> yes, is it, it is. the anime with like tears shooting? <laughs> yeah, out like flying all over the place. Yeah, um, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I the next day I just woke up and I was like, look, you know, you can't just take what one person says and and take it as 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 a gospel, right? Um, right. You have to actually go out there and put your stuff out there. And, and let the let the people decide it for themselves. And that's how I, I researched about Kickstarter. And I figured out, look, this is one way I can put my story out there. And if people love it, they're going to back it. If they, if, they do, if they don't, at least I know I tried. So I put that first one out in 2014. And literally within the first couple of, uh, couple of weeks, it was featured on CNN, Forbes, BBC, The Washington Post. And that's really when I knew that I had something. And that's really what kicked off the journey. Wow. So what is it that, what is it, that made 
your work picked up by these major media outlets? What do you think it was? Besides it being obviously phenomenal, but yeah. there's phenomenal work out there that people yeah. never hear a pin drop from. So yeah. what do you think it was that attracted the, the attention? Um, I think, first of all, it was um, a lot of stalking by me because I kept on emailing a lot of these press outlets like, look, you've never seen anything like this before. And a lot of people sometimes ask me that question. Wow, you know, how did you you know, get featured on CNN so early, you're so lucky. And, you know, while luck does have a, a little bit to do with it, honestly, I, I attribute that to more persistence and, and mm. being able to, to hear the word no. And um, anybody who has had any sort of success in the entertainment field, and I'm sure you know this early on, you have to learn how to manage rejection. Uh, you have to learn how to take because you're going to hear a lot of no's. You're going to hear a lot of doors shut, slammed in your face. Yes. And it's all about how you respond to that. How, what, what, what do you do next after that? Um, so, you know, for me, it was, you know, that persistence. But I also felt like really people really started to look for something different in this genre, in the comic book genre, and this superhero uh, business. And, and you saw a lot of that with Black Panther in 2018. Um, you know, but I think people were just tired of seeing the same thing. And, and they were able to see, oh, this is a Nigerian superhero this is from a different perspective. You know, you're seeing something that we've never seen before. And, and I think a lot of that, and, and also the quality of the work as well. Um, you know, those, the combination of those, those two things, I think was really what pushed and, and it sort of set me out of the gates really quickly. You said a big tip there that I don't want to slip past people when it comes yeah. to the art of entrepreneurship in yeah. any realm, which yes. is the gift of marketing, the gift oh, yes. of being able to sell. I remember... Yeah. Just to give you an idea, I remember realizing when I moved to Hollywood and started my business just as a personality, figuring out what my brand is, right? I know I got a personality, but where is it going to be? Is it going to be in TV? Is it going to be reading scripts? Is it going to be reading commercials? You don't know. But I knew how to sell myself. At the time when I didn't have representation, I was playing my own publicist. I was pretending I was my own hype man. I was... You know, calling people, pretending to be somebody else, representing this client, Jeannie Mai, trying to get me in the tables at the hottest restaurants. But what you just explained is something that people have to do very well, which is understand that life is about sales. You have to know how to sell yourself. Think about it. Even in relationships later on, if you meet somebody that you want to get married to, if you propose to them, you have to sell yourself. You have to sell why that you are, you know, a value in their life. And so... That, I think, is a sweat work people don't realize is promoting your, themselves and believing in themselves to the point you did where you're knocking on doors, you know, persistently. And like you said, not taking it personally when it comes to rejection. That's a big part of the, the, the whole journey, man. No, I mean, I couldn't have said it better, Jeannie. But, um, you know, there's, there's one thing that, um, that, you, that you mentioned that's, that's very critical in terms of sales. It's also understanding that, you know, coming out of the gates and treating yourself as, as an entity, as a brand, as opposed to, you know, going out and, and letting people think you're doing this as a hobby. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that um, you always have to have all your ducks in a row or everything, you know, is planned and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's also a mindset, right? If you, if you look at yourself as a brand, if you look at yourself as an entrepreneur, if you look at yourself as, as somebody who isn't just, oh, I'm just trying to, to do this to see how, how it comes out, um, I think, I think it comes, comes across in the work. It comes across in how you sell yourself. It comes across as in how you market yourself and people take you a lot more seriously when you come from that, uh, you know, perspective as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I again, I couldn't have said it better. Um, uh, but I, I do really think that persistence 
is one of the biggest things that um, I would say for me personally has been a huge help in my own my own career. Yes, and even the choice of words you just said, Roy, like you. I hear this all the time, in, especially because I live in Hollywood. So when you ask somebody what they do, they're like, you know, I'm trying to get into this acting thing, right? Already <laughs> that word sounds like, mm. yeah. or, or, you know, I, I'm, I really like comics. So I'm just, you know, seeing where it takes me. It's like, yeah. mm. but yeah. you came out the gate like, this is the best thing you'll ever see. This is something you, you cannot miss. You have to think about it. When you go into a grocery store and you have a selection of, I don't know, shavers, are you going to buy the one that's like, we're, we're trying out this razor, but we're not really sure yet. Let us know what you think. Or are you going to get the one that's like, yo, get ready because this is going to give you the aces slice you're ever going to try. This is how you have to market yourself. It, you're so, that's so right. So basically you finally got in the radar, onto the radar and people started to pick you up. Then what? Um, I mean, it's not, um, and I wanted to go back to enough. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it, 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 so it's you ride start. on a wave, but then it comes right back down. Yeah, exactly. But I wanted to go touch on something. Um, it's, it's, it's okay if you, um, you know, want to pace yourself, if you want to take your time or if you want to do it as a hobby. I want to make, I want to make sure people don't, um, you know, uh, you know, misconstrue my words. Um, wh okay. What I'm saying is that it depends on what is it that you're trying to get out, get out of this. If, if this is something that, you know, you want it to be big, I want to do this for a living, then there's a certain type of mindset that you have to have for that. But it's also okay if people just want to do it like as a part-time thing on the side, like there's nothing wrong with that as well. So I wanted to make sure that I clarified that. But um, like you said, um, for me from day one, um, I mean, literally since I was born, I've always had, uh, you know, this hard for animation, comics, superheroes, fantasy stories. So I always knew that if I had the chance, I wanted to really do this for a living. Okay. And to answer your question about what came next, um, to me, like the easy part is, is really starting. And again, it's different for people, right? Some people find it hard to start. For me, it's easy. Like you want me to start this? I can do this. I can do that. Like, that's that like to me it's like i'm, I'm a go-getter i'm a risk taker my you know my i drive my wife crazy sometimes like <laughs> where i just oh let's do this let's take this risk and she's like calm down calm down um but for me it, the harder thing is being consistent right if you do something one time and a lot of people love it like what are you going to come with next is it going to be better than that and one thing that i i always vowed to myself is when i started this was to be able to just consistently grow with each comic book that I put out there, each animated piece. Like I want the people that are following my work and the people that have spent their heart and money on my craft to be able to see um, a progression in my work and to be able to see that this guy actually cares about what he's doing. So to me, it was, it's, it's always been, and even till now, this hunger to continue to educate myself. I've never, no matter what happens to me, uh, maybe one day when I retire, like I, um, I, I find it hard to, to get to a point where I feel like, okay, ah, you know, this is great. I, I've done so much. Let me relax right now. And don't get me wrong. It's good to rest. But mentally, for me, it's always about what can you learn from the last thing that you did and how do you get better? Um, and the second thing is also is like, how do you help other people as well? How do you Ooh. bring them up? Um, because I think that's, that's one thing early on for me that I, you know, I think, and, and again, you can attest to this, like you brought me on this podcast, right? Mm. There's just this joy about using your platform to be able to uplift other people. Yes. And I think that's something that we need to start to do more and more. And it's something that early on, like for me, I always told other people that were trying to look, you can reach out to me. Look, if, you know, I'll always do my best to, re you know, respond on time or the case may be, but I think uplifting other people is also a key to your own success because I, I, the best way to learn something is to teach it. 
Um, so I find that when I'm giving people advice, like I'm even growing as a person too. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, Roy, besides your incredible accolades, I mean, I didn't even mention you guys that he's received so many prestigious recognitions, like being number five on Ventures Africa's list of 40 African innovators. Um, <laughs> also being a part of New African Magazines, 100 Most Influential Africans, two years in a row, by the way. It's not just that, but it's also about, for me, encouraging people to hear the personal journey and the personal story. You have a very humble beginning. And I want to get into that a bit more, but the reason why I bring that up now is what you just said about helping one another um, step up. I used to think that, no, it's not actually me. I used to hear that people would say, when I get to that point, I'm going to help somebody else up. You know, thinking that it takes a place where you've won all the accolades or you've become rich and famous and, and you're much more known. But what I really appreciate about 2020 is that it's taught us the power of privilege, that certain people have privilege and access immediately out the gate to things that other people don't have. For me, I'm very thankful to have the privilege of an Instagram account that, you know, a, a good number of people follow or a television show, a talk show with other great ladies of talent and also a podcast. So for me, if I'm going to use anything to be able to just spread your amazing accolades, by the way, it's not like you need a leg up. It's just that, oh, let's listen to Roy's story together, two collides that you would never normally meet to just maybe filter out to somebody else to inspire them to start their own business or start their own hobby, you know? So it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I would say, I, you know, this is a huge platform, so you're not going to sell that short. Like, I'm, I'm just <laughs> excited, excited to be here, first of all. But again, um, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of, um, I think as human beings, sometimes we fall into this trap of, I'll do this when. Um, you know, and, and it's something that happens. Oh, when I, when I graduate from college, finally, I'll be able to do this. Or when I get married, finally, I'll be able to do this. Or when I have yes. kids, you know, and then all of a sudden you find out that you're 70 years old and you've always been waiting for the next thing. Um, life is about the moment. And how, you know, the, the, how do you make the best out of where you are with, you know, what you have? You know, like, you know, always, there's this quote, I think, by Les Brown that says, do what you can where you are with what you have. Um, and it's something that I've always carried, you know, because I, I just, it's very easy to fall into that trap, like you said, okay, when I get the platform, then I'll help people. But, you know, even though you just have 100 followers on Facebook or Instagram, if one person is going to see something that you've promoted for another person, you don't know what that, that ripple effect is going to happen from that. And it also yes. builds the habit for you, because if you think you're going to do something when you get somewhere you know, a habit doesn't start overnight. Like it's something that you have to do repetitively. It, it, you know, it's actually easier to start when you have a smaller platform to help people because you get into the habit of doing it. Because as you know, it's like the bigger you are, the more demands that you have, yes. the more things, the more balls you're juggling in the air and all these kind of things. And if you haven't built that spirit of, I need to be able to help other people or this is what this is the kind of things that I do to help the other people. You're just going to get overwhelmed with the position you have and you're going to just push it on to the next thing. Oh, when I'm less busy, then I'll yeah. be able to help people. So I always tell people, do it now, whatever it is that you, you know, you aspire to do, whatever it is that that's in your heart to do, because if there's one thing that I believe, even aside from, you know, helping other people is that I feel like, you know, there's something that, um, that has been put into each and every one of us. And it's your responsibility to be able to use that gift and mm -hmm. return it to the world. Um, there's something that I always tell people. Um, Walt Disney, his first, uh, I believe his first employer told him that he lacked imagination. 
Um, I can only imagine what would have happened if Disney listened to that employer at that point in time and just, well, like, well, he's an expert. So, you know what? I'm just going to stop doing this. Animation. In the towel. Mm-hmm. We won't get Lion King. We won't have all this amazing Dis- Disney world, like all like so, characters. Exactly. Yeah. So just imagine just one, one, what one choice can the ripple effect of that choice of not deciding to do what's in your heart. Like it could make. So what is it that's inside you? You know, what is your Disney that you're hiding from the world because you're either afraid to do it or someone has told you not to do it. Oh, that's so good, Roy. At the same time, it makes me remember this really funny meme. It's a picture of a pool noodle. You know, the noodles that kids float on. It's one big tube like this and kids are just floating on it. And it said, if you ever doubt how stupid your idea might be. Just remember, there's a millionaire walking around who invented these. But you got to think about it. That's true. Yeah. No, there's, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Nothing can be <laughs> that, that bad so of an fun. idea. You know, it might be something amazing that the world needs. <laughs> We're going to take a break right now. But when we come back, Roy, I want to talk to you about something that everybody should really understand because it really helped catapulted your life, which is Kickstarters. So when we get back, we are with Roy Akupe. Welcome back to Listen, Hanay. I am sitting with this amazing award-winning filmmaker, author, speaker, entrepreneur, Roy Akupe, and we are going to get into how Kickstarter actually really helped you. And yep. I say the word actually because I've seen Kickstarters for the craziest things out there. You know, <laughs> I've got I've seen Kickstarters helping people pay back their parking ticket fees. I've seen Kickstarters, you know, to pay off their credit card loans, but then there are Kickstarters that really open an amazing wealth of uh, business or um, a dream for a lot of organizations and companies like yours. So tell me how, what is a Kickstarter and tell me how you used it to help found Unique Studios. Well, before I say that, I just want to give a fu- funny story. The Kickstarter is also a land for some of the weirdest things. There was, there was a guy there that, um, this was like four years ago, that said, I will eat a potato salad um, you know, for you, if I raise $500 and he ended up raising $50,000, I believe for people to watch him eat potato salad. I kid you not go Google it, you know, potato salad Kickstarter. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Who are these people <laughs> to donate? It's yeah, it's, it's crazy. And but, now um, it makes me want to see him eat this goddamn potato salad. Oh my God, that pisses me off. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, Kickstarter, it's, uh, it's basically a crowdfunding platform. And uh, for people that don't understand, it's basically people just coming together to donate, well, not necessarily donate money because they're getting a product in, 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 in return. People are actually funding um, either an idea or project or product that um, a creator has come to the platform to share with people. Um, and it, to me, it's, it's a wonderful platform because I feel like it is sort of, uh, aside from things like obviously the internet, um, it has equalized the playing field for, you know, for people like me, like people that, you know, wouldn't necessarily have been given the intention of an investor when I first started and say, Hey, I want to do, I want to do comic books featuring characters, you know, that are inspired by African history, culture, and mythology back in, you know, 2013. Um, but it gave me a platform to go directly um, to the consumer to be able to say, I know you want this. And rather than, you know, jumping around trying to find either a publisher or find an investor, let me just bring it directly um, to you. So it's, it's an amazing platform for, so that's the normal route. Normally people would have to go find investors or a publisher that would kind of sponsor the work. Yes. Yes. And Kickstarter has literally turned that on its head. Now you have 
so many independent creators, um, you know, especially in the comic book realm and even animation now too, that literally just go directly to the platform to, you know, to, to launch a book or launch a business or whatever the case may be. And you're seeing so many creative people um, do so many great things that we wouldn't have had a chance to see if we didn't have a platform like Kickstarter. Wow. Okay. So how do you think going back to our conversation about selling yourself, right? To look, to look the most dynamic when you go through Kickstarter, there's so many, I mean, thousands and thousands of things that you could um, donate money to, but why do you think people clicked on yours? What, what was the key wording that you heard? And by the way, I'm not really familiar as far as this depth of, of Kickstarter, but is there a place where people can actually comment why they gave you funding? Do they tell you why? Um, so that you I can mean, hear what hit them? You know yeah, what I mean? so th there is there is a, um, a comment box like right below your project where people can say, oh, wow, I love okay. this. I can't wait for this and all that. So there is that. Um, but one of the, in terms to answer your first question, uh, the first, uh, I believe the, the biggest, and a lot of people believe this too now, the biggest misconception about Kickstarter is um, if, we, if I build it, they will come. That is very incorrect. Kickstarter is a place that you're already bringing an audience um, to be able to say, all right, guys, this is where I'm going to launch this project. Um, so a lot of times people fall into this trap where they have a great idea, actually, and they don't have an audience and they just go on Kickstarter and put it on there and they just look at the screen and look at it to magically just get to the, the goal that they're trying to fund. It doesn't work that way. Kickstarter actually is a place where you bring your community um, in, in order to rally around you and then for them to bring other people on there um, as well. It's sort of like this ripple mm. effect where it's like, okay, I have a thousand people who believe in something. I go to Kickstarter, a thousand people um, support that thing. And then a million people look at a thousand people supporting something and like this something must be great. So let me I put see. my something into that. And it just keeps on growing exponentially like that for the great projects. So you always have to have, and I always tell people, start with an email list. You know, start with building out, um, start with the smallest, I always call it uh, uh, the, your minimum viable product. Like, what is it, what, what is your product, at, like, what is the minimum of your product that you can give to your audience to say, hey, take this thing for free. I just want you to check it out. For me, it was like the first 20 pages of my graphic novel. And I gave mm. it out for free and I used that to build an email list. People saw that, they fell in love with the story. I can't wait for the next one. When is the next one coming? I was like, oh, it's gonna come out on Kickstarter in XXX date or whatever the case may be. Um, so I was able to build an email list for, I think about the first time I had like a thousand people. And, and then after that, I felt comfortable enough to be able to launch Kickstarter because I was going with that fan base. And what happens is when people find something that they love, they tell other people. Um, and again, it just, it's, it's a ripple effect that happens when you have that initial rush of your fan base going on there and supporting you. Wow. That's incredible. So from that journey, you had enough to start the first project, right? So then how did you, cause now you've got to get into some business finessing, right? You've got to get into a bit of finances and, and knowing how to leverage yourself so that you can put into the next project. What did you start doing then to um, supply yourself with the next project? Well, it goes back to something that I mentioned earlier is it's about looking at, looking at yourself like a business before you even go out there. It's like, okay, setting up structures. So for me, it was like, okay, if I have this money, what is my budget? Right. You know, that's the first thing. Like when you talk to a financial advisor and you say, I want to do better with money. One of the first things they tell you is, do you have a budget? Um, you know, so for me, it was about, okay, what, what, what exactly am I going to use this money for? And also, 
what is the next thing that comes after this and how do I leverage the momentum that I'm able to build with this initial project and sort of like, okay, when the first one is funded, three months later, come back to people and say, hey guys, part two is coming out in the next couple of months or whatever the case may be. Um, So again, it's it's about that um, initial drive of, of getting, you know, galvanizing your fan base but you always have to be ready for me, like, you know, with the next thing to be able to ride that momentum. And literally that's what I've been doing. Like when I launched the first one, I launched my next Kickstarter a year later. And then after that, the next one was six months later. And then after that, another six months, and then it was shortened to like three months, you know, like not this year, I've done three Kickstarters already, um, you know, as opposed to when I started where I was just able to do one. So it's just like keep, keeping that momentum back to back to back to back to back. Um, and then also building the infrastructure in your business to be able to not only just, you know, you know, be able to market continuously, but sustain the business in terms of, okay, what are you spending money for? Is, is your accounting right? Like, are you filing taxes on time? How much are you separating for marketing? Do you, you know, do you have a budget for the year? Um, you know, what are things that, you know, how do you want to scale? Like, how, how, do, you, how do you do three Kickstarters in one year as opposed to, you know, doing one? Again, just right. planning those things out and, and being able to, to live through that plan as well. Gosh, I, and is Kickstarter free, by the way, or is there something you have to pay back in, in return to whatever it is that you get? So it's, it's, it's free as a platform to launch a project, but Kickstarter takes, I believe, about, uh, if, if your project is successful, uh, I would say about 7%, I believe, 7% or 8% of the proceeds, uh, you know, is, is, what, um, is what you have to pay to Kickstarter mm. once the project is successful. Got it. And yeah. what kind of person or business idea would you say is not good for kickstarter who would you not advise to get onto kickstarter because i know a lot of people (laughs) a lot of people have lost faith because you know they've they've made bad decisions with the money that's used on kickstarter like what would you say is not ideal um to me honestly it's less about the prod uh the the product and more about the person so if you're someone who you know, a lot of times, um, I can't remember who said this. Um, somebody was asking, um, uh, actually it was a friend of mine. Someone was asking him, when is the best time to launch Kickstarter? And he said, when you're ready. Um, you know, and to me, it's about people who, like, if, if you feel like you just don't have this meticulous nature to be able to plan and to be able to follow through, if you already know that about yourself, don't go on Kickstarter and, and, and try to raise money uh, because it's, it's just set, it's setting up a recipe for disaster because it takes, you know, not only running a campaign itself, it's so time consuming. It's very emotionally draining. Right. Well, actually, to be honest, that's the easy part. Fulfillment is where the hard work starts because you have mm. to now fulfill what you promised. Um, yes. So if, if, if you don't feel ready to be able to actually deliver what you, you know, and, and I think everybody to an extent knows if they can, fulfill a promise that they've made, you know, have you, have you ever made a promise where it's like, ah, probably shouldn't have <laughs> said that to this person. Uh, you know, so if you know that, you know, it's something you're not ready to do or you have doubts in, in terms of, I don't know if I'll be able to fulfill if I get funded yes. then don't go on there. But I think if it's, it's hard to say this is not for Kickstarter, um, you know, because there's just so many amazing projects on there that just uh, it's across the board from being you know, creative to engineering to, math project, nonprofit, agriculture, like it's just yeah. anything is on there. That's so cool. I love that how, how that ended up helping you out. So today, I mean, you pretty much can tell stories about anything 
and everything we need to kind of, you know, escape from or picture. After 2020, I bet this has been either a very inspirational year for you or a very <laughs> igniting year for you in some ways, a creator. Yeah. Have you gotten any ideas from this crazy year we've had? Um, this year has been, you know, again. It's been like a comic book story. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 a good point. It's it's right. like a fantasy land where it's like, oh, the, you know, you couldn't write a script like this. Um, it's been hard for all of us. Um, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. And, and my heart breaks for anyone that's had to go through either losing someone or uh, a job loss, or just the mental um, aspect of just being on lockdown and not being able to spend time like with family. I know that's something that got to me um you know sometime in the last couple of months where it's like i, I you know i can't see my nieces and nephews like you know i, I can't travel back home like to nigeria yeah. to see my parents and, and to you know to 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 hang out with the community of, of comic book creators there or even go to something like a comic book convention now it's like that's you can't go to like comic con and things like that so it, it's it's heartbreaking to think about that but i, I think one thing that um you know, 2020 has shown me is just how resilient I am. And I think it's showing a lot of people how resilient they are. Um, because, you know, for me personally, you know, I've, this year was, is the most money I've made on Kickstarter. Wow. In, a, in a year where, you know, we've had ups and downs of the economy. It's crazy, right? Like, um, you know, up until like, so I launched a Kickstarter for, you know, one of my other books, uh, it's called Iyanu Child of Wonder. Um, I launched that, I, I believe, in May. Uh, so it was smack in the middle <laughs> of the pandemic. I was actually supposed to launch in April, and I, I suspended that launch because I was like, there's no way anybody's going to be paying attention to this. But then I, I sat down, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, this is my work. This is my art, um, you know. And um, artists are, are part of the, the economy as well, too. So yes. I just have to put it out there and, and, and figure out, okay, what do I do from here? And up until that point in time the, the the most money i'd ever made on kickstarter was twenty thousand in a project i made thirty five thousand in my last project um on kickstarter like i said the highest i've ever made on kickstarter in the middle of a pandemic and again it just goes to show you i think there's something to be said about people who um are persistent resilient and take chances on themselves no one is going to believe more in you than yourself and and there's something that i learned very early on and i don't say this to be negative nobody owes you anything honestly mm. you know especially as an adult like if your parents have raised you they put you out in the world like nobody really owes you anything at that point in time like no one's going to come out and say oh you know what i want to make i want to help you make your dream control let me give you a million dollars and you don't have to do anything you're going to have to fight for everything and that's what 2020 is showing us and and i feel like the more resilient we are um you know, the more I feel like we can find a lot of gems within this crazy period because it's forcing people to be innovative. It's forcing people to do things like they've never done it before. Um, and, and as much as, like I said, it's this has been very painful for me, you know, the, my company has, has made the most money it's ever in, in one year in this pandemic. So I say that to encourage anybody out there um, it's not over for you. If, if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling like, oh, this pandemic is taking everything out of you, just keep on pushing. Think of something innovative. Like what is it in your business that you can change? Like, yeah, because I have to change around a, a lot of things in my, in my business model just to survive. And, you know, it, it turned from survival to thriving for me because I was brave enough to, to say, you know what, I'm just going to go out there. I'm just going to do it. It's such a cool 
explanation, but at the same time was a lot of hard work. You know, every single part of it, you didn't let yourself fail. And when you did, you already expected that that would happen. So you were ready for 10 more to come. Exactly. Uh, it, it, again, that's to me, I, it, it comes back to resilience, persistence, and cons- uh, consistency, because I feel like every entrepreneur needs, and that's not something I was born with. Don't get me wrong. I had to learn that. I, I had to learn how to be persistent. Like I said, there's been so many times I've gotten rejection letters and I went to cry to bed. And then it's like the next morning I woke up, and I was like, okay, what's next? And you know, how am I going to attack it today? Um, and again, I, I want to I want to use myself as an example because it's not like I'm the smartest person in the world. I'm the most talented writer. And, and I believe in myself. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to denigrate anything that, uh, that, 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 that's about my creative um, talents. But I, I'm saying that to encourage somebody because a lot of times you can hear people give these type of testimonies like, oh, it's because that person is smart or it's because that person has this. I'm telling you, if I can do it, you can do it. Roy, thank you so much. How do we support more of your work? First of all, your Kickstarter is good. So that's closed <laughs> or is that still open? Yeah. So I have one that's open, right? I actually just launched okay. it, um, you know, three days ago. So um, the easiest way is, is um, to, to, to go to um, kickstarter.com and just search for my name, um, you know, Roy Okupe, R-O-Y-E. O-K-U-P-E. And you see um, one of my live Kickstarter is called Malaika Warrior Queen. Um, you know, volume four is out there. But the cool thing about this Kickstarter is that not only can you get volume four of the Malaika series, there's a reward on there where you can get all the books I've released for a discount. I'm talking about like a 50% discount. Um, so you get like 10 books for about a hundred book, a hundred bucks. And these 10 books, you know, it's over, I would say like about um, 1500 pages of content. Like you can probably read that for the next six months. Uh, you know, so yeah, um, check me out on Kickstarter. That's, that's what's on right now. And, um, you know, if you ever want to chat about something, you need advice about comic books and animation, uh, please hit me up at uniquestudios.com. That's Y-O-U-N-W-E-K and the word studios.com. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being so helpful to my, my whole community out there. That's yeah. so generous as well. And do you, are you on Instagram as well? Cause that's kind of where our oh, network yes. is here. Why don't you throw that out there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, silly me. I should have led with that because that's, that's actually where I'm the most active. Um, so it's at unique studios. It's, the spelling is the same Y O U N W E K and the word studios. Perfect. Thank you. And yeah. you guys hit me up on DM too. You know that I'm going to post this. And if you have any questions for Roy, please do share And I can't wait to just see more of your work come out, especially since now I think reading, seeing much more imagery inspired by the African-American culture, the African culture is what we need here in America. So please continue doing this work. I really appreciate you, Roy. Thank Thank you you. for the time. Thank you so much. This has been a a huge pleasure of mine. And uh, this is, this is definitely one of the highlights of of the year for me. So Uh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Let's never forget this. And we'll keep passing on the torch to be able to help other people like you did with my community here. I want to be able to help yours out too. Definitely. You guys don't forget to rate and review this episode. Let Roy know um, if anything he said enlightened you. If you do have any questions, do reach out to him at Unique Studios. That's Y-O-U-N-E-E-K Studios. And thank you so much, Roy, for this time. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey.